I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Junktime Alpha podcast for mid-Feb. 2024, we are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who was thrilled with the implementation of the new rules this year in the AFL. It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, junk timers. It is so good to be here. And fuck, footy's getting close, Michael. It's getting exciting. We're getting uh, every training session is being uh, thoroughly reviewed by everyone who's down there. And Everything goes, so they're like, oh, this guy kicked, he was on the B team, but he played really well, so you know, gave him a chance in the A team, and you know, he kicked nine goals, even though it was on one of our backmen, that doesn't matter, everyone just looks at how many goals they've kicked. It's an exciting time for, for footy fans. Bloody nightmare down uh, Hawthorne on Friday, I think it was, one of our players did a knee, then CJ did a hammy out for eight weeks, like, bloody nightmare, mate. Yeah, don't touch them, don't touch them before you play an actual game, mate, don't touch them. I hear you. But uh, before we get into what's happening down at the Hawks, let's talk about the new rules that the AFL mm. has brought in. Now, they said that there's um, the sub-rules going to continue, but clubs will now name an extended bench of five players on a Thursday or Wednesday night, which is fantastic because you know those times when the players would just go home and been, I've been named the sub, but I, don't, I just don't feel a part of the mm-hmm. team. Yeah. I, I feel like quitting. I just feel like not, I'm not one with my mates. And you just don't, do you? You feel like an outsider. Hey, I have a question without notice. Yes. Do you get paid if you're a sub? Like Fantastic question without notice. Yeah, if you're one of those on the fringe players and you're on match payments. Yeah. Because didn't a Hawthorne player make his debut, technically, but he was a sub for the whole game and never, never got actually on, got on and the therefore, game. yeah, never got registered for a game. And his family were there. Imagine being there for your first nothing game. Like, you're a spectator as much as your mum and dad. Yeah, I wonder about that. Like, I feel like they should get paid at least something by the fact that they have... They're essentially on hold, aren't they? It's like when an actor gets put on hold for a role. You're an understudy. Not, yeah, you're an understudy. Yeah, so if you're the fifth member of the, the sub-team, like, I feel like you should get at least kind of half your pay for that week. You know who won't like this is uh, Anthony Albanese because he said that your boss is not allowed to call you after 6 o'clock <laughs> if, you're, if you're not at work. That's actually very interesting. Do footballers have the right to disconnect after yes. after after their workout? So back in the day, like, you know, they'd look at the phone, you know, they'd be staring at the phone on a Friday night waiting for Alan Jeans to call them up, like our, fr- our friend uh, John Oregliso, uh from mm. Front Bar. And uh, so if, if the phone rings at 9 p.m., you ignore it. And yeah, then, absolutely. And then the coach is waiting the next day on the Saturday, waiting for you to show up. And you go, mate, out of hours. <laughs> or if you're a sub, even these days, if you're a sub on a Saturday night and they're like sending messages down to you on the bench and you haven't started the game yet, yep. you've still got the fucking sub vest on. Yep. You're like, oh, I'm not taking this. You either activate me or you fucking, I don't listen to it. I'm fucking just, I'm playing Candy Crush, mate. I'm looking at Instagram. I tell you what, there's going to be a, a I, I don't think people have considered the ramifications. No. 
of this this they new law. <laughs> they never do. I think this is Andrew Dillon's first misstep. He hasn't uh-huh. thought it all the way through. Yep, sure. Here's one that I know that you've been talking about for years, Michael. Straight arm blocks will be permitted in a ruck contest, provided the players contest the ball. And you've said that bent arm, go for your fucking life. But you've always been straight arm blocks should be allowed, and I'm with you on this. I've been straight on that for a long time by the fact that uh, I feel like the... I, I actually miss the interlocked ruck contest. Sort of like when they were at the boundary just standing there and it was a battle of absolute strength. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, if you look back in the day, you look back into the 80s and 90s, they're coming off a 30-metre run. Like, being in the ruck yeah. would actually have been terrifying. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, no, that's, that, that, that's the price you pay for being tall. Like, all of a sudden, they go, well, mate, you're over six foot six, so now you are not allowed to have any fear in your body. Yeah, well, that's the thing also. And you don't know where that knee is going. And then back in, tho- in those days, oh, yeah. like, you know where the knee is going. You knew where it was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually don't mind the, the uh, Braden Maynard rule that they brought in, in that if you leave the ground to smother and you don't make enough of an effort to protect the player that you're going to make contact with, mm. uh, that that's going to be treated more seriously. Uh, and also, I am strong on the record by saying that Braden Munnard should definitely have been suspended in that final for the bump on Brayshaw by the fact that he, he moved the shoulder. He put the shoulder yeah. into the head. So you don't acknowledge Collings, Collingwood's premiership? I, I mean, I'm strong that there's an asterisk on it. Uh, so basically, if, if, if you have the duty of care, so what about when Matthew Whelan snaps Nathan Brown's leg in two? That was from a smother. That was a one percenter, but fuck the one percenters, mate. They can fucking do some damage. Sure, if but you really try. Did he go off the ground when he did that? I reckon he might have actually, because it would have been like a Superman type effort to smother the ball. Okay, and it was a deliberate act. He knew that his whole body weight would come across the uh, shin Dude. of Nathan Brown, and he knew the media career that was beckoning, <laughs> and he thought, "I'm going to fire the first shot here because." <laughs> Every fucking Sunday footy show where he's doing media watch and he's getting stuck into TJ and he does another chompers joke. This is going to be one for the fans. Sure. A preemptive strike, if you will. Uh, sure. I reckon back in the day he was like, look, I think we're going to have a bit of a problem with gambling ads in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can, It's going to be a scourge. <laughs> if I can cut it off at the head, mm. I'll, go, I'll try my best. But I do generally yeah. think like that, that the, the, the shepherding one, I mean, sorry, the um, smother one is actually a good yeah. rule by the fact I go... Uh, you know, and maybe it has to do with Eddie McGuire standing up in a restaurant and tapping the wine glass and going, <laughs> <laughs> justice has been served. But, yeah. yeah, that was definitely a suspension in my head, no matter how many but, kind of weird doctors you get in there. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I'll tell you the one change that they have made that I think is going to be sweeping across the board. And as soon as uh, more people realise this, and this is, you know, Andrew Dillon may have had a misstep earlier, but it all comes back to this one, and he's made the game better. Gil McLaughlin was dragging his heels on this for years because I think he was just scared to make the change. But Andrew Dillon is a man who's not afraid of a situation, not afraid to to change the fabric of our game. And this is a big one, Junk Timers, and I think this will bring thousands of people back to the game. Whistling from the interchange bench is now prohibited. And I just say to the mums and dads out there who were considering should my – son or daughter play AFL football, should I let them? And now you go, there's no more whistling from the bench. Those kids can just run free. Mm -hmm. And if they're out and it's their turn to get dragged and they've got to get their attention, 
they're not going to come off. Yeah. Because they're how they're going to be alerted that they need to come off on the bench. I think it's a great uh, initiative. Oh, I think it's an amazing innovation. I mean, mm. um, I, I know many times, I mean, I, you know, we've been strong in this for a long time, but, you know, in the 40-odd years I've been going to the game, yeah, the whistling from the bench. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I never sit on the bench side of the ground. I'm always make sure. So, so say at the MCG, I make sure I'm in the top deck of the southern yep. stand so I can be as far away yeah, the game. from any whistling. Yeah, yeah. Like definitely I'm never on the um never on the ground floor ever. Uh, always trying to get as far away possible by the fact. It's not worth it. You know, you, you you're watching a game of football and then this oh. whistling from the bench bursts out Mate. and you just go uh, it's it's un, unseemly. I think it is unseemly. Yeah. You don't know what they want. Do they yeah. want to get a player off? Are they hailing a taxi? Well, that's is there the thing. someone hot walking past? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Are they? I don't understand it. I'm like, am I, a fo- am I a football game or am I a building site? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But have you actually heard whistling from the bench? Like, I find it a weird thing to crack down on. By the fact they have the signs now. Yeah. And they kind of yes. hold them up. But yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard whistling from a bench out of game at all, ever. You know who this is on? This is on the AFL because maybe if you didn't have Fremantle versus GWS sure. on a Sunday Twilight game, <laughs> we wouldn't hear the fucking whistling. This is on you, <laughs> AFL. Because for all the time that we grew up in the 80s and the 90s, I didn't hear a fucking whistle the whole time I was at a game. Sure. If you don't play Gold Coast and North Melbourne in Hobart, mm. maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe you wouldn't be able to hear a guy out the back of the stadium changing a tyre. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know what you are like this, but this is always, I've been very envious of whistlers. I cannot do the big fucking whistle. Yeah, and sure, God, sure. it is impressive when people can just bust it out. When they put the two fingers in the mouth. Oh, Michael, it shouldn't be erotic, but fuck it is. Yeah, I can't do that one. I can whistle, but I can't do the two thing- fingers in the mouth. You know when they put two fingers in your mouth? That's even harder. <laughs> When they're like, whistle! And you're like, I can't! I'm scared, I'm frightened. Is this how junior footy's supposed to be? And it's very funny. It's a very odd rule for the AFL to crack down on that someone's complained about the whistling. And and what is the whistling? Like, what are they doing? Are they are they calling people off the ground? Or are they going, is the whistle like a code for a formation or something? Well, I don't reckon. I reckon it's to get people's attention. So say there is a boundary line throw-in on the bench side of the ground mm-hmm. and you want to play it, say, go defensive side. So you'd be like... Chamberlain, move this, go that side, get their attention in the heat of the moment. But it's hardly, it's hardly deciding games. No. Like you go, like, you know, when Damien Hardwick went to the Gold Coast and, or they went and met him over in Italy and that first thing they put to him was like, mate, what's your whistling like? Yeah, sure. Because Stewie Jew, mate, he couldn't get their attention. Look, he was terrible. Look, he lied to us. I can safely say I was at the grand final last year and mm. in the last two minutes of that game, if yep. anybody from the bench whistled, <laughs> they were not getting paid attention to. Yeah. So maybe maybe players were occasionally stopping because they thought it was an umpire's whistle. But again, it sounds different. Like, I genuinely do not understand why it had to be brought to attention and outlawed. Mm, yeah. But we are strong on it. We have Absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah, for it. We love yeah. it. Hey, Adam, can I tell you about a little show coming up? Hit me, mate. Oh, shit. It's my, cha- my comedy festival show, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Michael Chamberlain's completely incomplete history of Australian rules. Eight shows, Saturdays and Sundays. You can find the tickets at trybooking.com.
It's been reprised. It's been coming back. It's fucking been signed on for another year. It was fucking almost ready to get the axe. And then the, someone's gone down with a knee injury and they've gone, Chamber, get in here. I like to put it like I'm going back to back, mate. I'm going back to back. I only got to do four shows last year. The work schedule's cleared up a little bit. I can do Saturdays and Sundays this year. But it's going to be fun at the Coopers Inn. Grab your tickets, try booking. It's going to be sick. Now, what time in the afternoon is it? 3.20 on the Saturday, 4.30 on the Sunday. Fantastic. Are you looking forward to it? I am pumped, actually, yeah. Adding bits from last year, taking bits out, delving into the history. I actually found... Oh, so you got you got my notes of all those bits to take out? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some bits that didn't work, obviously, but you know. Um, I actually found... Uh, I, did I mention this last time? But I actually found... Uh, in the show, I mentioned... Uh, talk about a team that businessmen put together in the... Well, put forward a, the possibility in for them to play in 1988. Uh, they wanted a Melbourne team to relocate to LA. Oh, the, was it the Crocs? The Crocodiles, yeah. They yeah, were going to be the yeah. LA Crocodiles. And they wanted a Melbourne team to relocate. And I actually found their submission. It's like a 22-page submission. Yeah, right. Uh, put together by a bunch of wealthy Australian businessmen. And uh, they wanted to play uh, at the Rose Bowl or the mm-hmm. LA Coliseum, uh, yeah. both which have a capacity of roughly 100,000 people. <laughs> And they also yep. have a thing saying that they would, um, off the field, they would uh, they would dress in Australian theme and they would wear Akubra hats. I love it. Yeah. So, surprisingly, they didn't get the deal done. I'll tell you what, though. If you came back off a five-day break when you've just played the Crocodiles, so you play them on a Sunday night and you got the Thursday night game, I reckon you might be up for a loss. Well, I also think uh, if uh, you have the team these days... You know, it was very ha ha back then, but uh, I think Captain Jordan Degoe, uh leading the LA <laughs> Crocodiles. <laughs> and also, it's a good thing that they don't weigh them anymore because every time you go for a, an away game, if you're an LA Crocodile player, that's two giant Toblerones each trip. <laughs> the duty free. So they go, mate, what you, why are your skin folds so messy? You're like, mate, I'm just fucking chowing down on Toblerone. What do you want me to do? Mate, why do you have a four litre bottle of Jack Daniels in your bag? <laughs> But you smell good. Are you getting cheap uh, aftershave? <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, dude. So it's all been happening at the MCG the last couple of days. We've, uh, we're recording this on the Saturday, the 17th of Feb, and we had probably the biggest show on earth in Melbourne last night at the MCG. Tay-Tay kicked off, and you're going tomorrow night. I'm going tomorrow night with my nieces and my sister. And uh, I went down uh, last night, actually, to do a bit of reconnaissance by the fact that... Uh, <laughs> just reconned a Tay-Tay game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I actually I it had innocent purposes by the fact that people gather out the front of the... You know what, mate? You know what? You didn't have to say that. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hi. Sorry. That's a man with a guilty conscience. Yeah. Can you hear that buzz? It's a camera in my yeah. shoe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the cops, mate. Mate, it's an innocent. Innocent. I didn't do Why nothing, Why are you wearing mate? glitter? Um, but I went down because I was I, I put forward to my two nieces about taking them down tonight to hang out the front of the G because uh, yep. people gather and they, you know, sing along and stuff. So I went down last night. Around about 7.15, she kicked off about 7.30 on the button and okay. kind of hung around for a bit just to kind of get the idea of, like, would it be a fun night for them too? Uh, and I concluded that it would be a long night. And so I thought maybe best not take them tonight and just save their energy for tomorrow. And are they going to get there early? Are they going to, is there like, because there's a, a support act. I imagine there's the, uh, she'll have a pre- Yeah, the gates open. Sprint. Gates open. <laughs> Yep, Mike Brady. Yeah, great. 
Oh, fuck. She should have got Mike Brady to open. What a f- Taylor. Uh, Sabrina Carpenter, uh, who was on Girl Meets World. So that gates open 4.30 and then Sabrina comes on about um, 6.20, I think. Now, what time are you planning on getting to Taylor? Well, if I, can get a, if I can get early enough out of work, I'm, I'm glad that I got last night's reconnaissance by the fact that she did get on at 7.30. So I go... I reckon I've got till 7.30 to get onto the into the MCJ. So it's more about how much work I can... I've got enough done that I can Hang leave. Hang on. So are your, are your uh, nieces waiting on you to go into no, the no, ground? No, 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 no. you're no. going to get there My, get my sister you. will take them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So we're on the level one. Uh, if you're looking at the TV... From watching the game at the MCG, we're on about the 30 meter mark, I reckon, 40 meter mark, yeah, uh, on the right hand side, yeah. Oh, great for you. Yeah. So yeah. She's at the pump road end. And the great thing is, no, she's at the city end. And the great thing is, actually, it's oh. really actually nice of Taylor. Uh, after the ground, uh, after the after the concert, um, she's allowing kick to kick. Kick to kick. <laughs> That's really thoughtful of her. So. But I heard last night, um, it was actually quite sweet when she finished the concert. I was kind of online and um, she finished the final song, Karma, and then she just pointed at the crowd and she said, Alan Scott, you were wrong, and <laughs> left. And then she brought out Bob Murphy, gave him a medal. Yeah. <laughs> it's very thoughtful. But it, it did look very sweet. Like there were lots of little kids and, you know, mums and dads and the like, everyone dressed up. Um, it was uh, definitely not the kind of event where someone's going to be kicked out for being, for headbutting a cop, okay? Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah so. no, fair enough. And um, will you be wearing your Cirrioli Hawthorne jumper? I, I actually, a friend of mine, um, they're going along with as well, and her kids were telling her that they, um, they she need to dress of her era, like yep. kind of her party era. And she sent me that message, and I was like, oh, uh, I think that does mean I need to wear my <laughs> 2008 oh, Cirrioli jumper. Please do that. No, please. but I got a knockoff T-shirt from uh, Vic Markets. Um, I'm <laughs> Did not, you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not spending seventy bucks on a, the same T-shirt, so I got a knockoff. Yeah. So if you want, you if took if you took money out of Taylor Swift's mouth. Yeah, I think I, I think she's doing okay, mate. I think she's doing okay. Well, she'd be doing better, mate, if you didn't help out those people who are, you know, selling knockoff gear. Yeah, sure. And um, uh, anyway, uh, obviously they'll be selling the record out the front. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How many more football analogies can we have? I think we can move on. Hey, you know who I'm really worried about? Yeah. Stevie J. Dude. I mean, the man is lucky to be alive at the moment. So he... Okay, so follow me. This. I, I actually... For some reason, I'm not buying this story. Okay. Well, okay, okay. So Stevie J uh, accidentally... St- he went to hospital with a stab wound, mm-hmm. okay? Which sounds horrific and... He basically had life-saving surgery. He was a little bit, it was a little bit touch and go at the at the at the time, and you know he was a bit concerned that he wouldn't wake up from surgery. Yep. But here's how it went down. So he was and opening a gate on his property. And just before you kick off, like he does have a history of being in the wars by the fact. Didn't he mm. do a finger tendon trying to get his phone out of his bag? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. he broke. Both didn't he? He broke both ankles jumping the fence at Torquay <laughs> Pub. <laughs> but then Big Bill took him under the wing. Yep. Big yep. Bill. Because remember they sent him back to Wangaratta to train for a bit. Yeah, yeah. He got ostracised in that O seven team, and then yeah, Big Bill yeah. took him under the wing, and then probably yep. you know got him off the froths. Yeah. 
He got ostracised until they went, fucking hell, we could use a really good forward. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind a cunt who can kick like five goals in the grand <laughs> final. <laughs> so here's what happened. This is, uh, this is Stevie J. This is quoting Stevie J. Mm-hmm. Right? We were going inside the house, but my little girl couldn't open the gate. So I don't know her name, but this is on you. I hope you feel fucking terrible. <laughs> I know she would listen to this, but this is fucking on you. So I held on to one bag and pushed it against against it to open the gate. But the knife was in that bag. Yeah. It just went straight into me. Now, yeah. I ask you, Michael, how many of us amongst us walk around with a bag with a knife in it? So my theory, Michael, is that Stevie is into something that's... He's over his head. He's out of his depth. And he is carrying around a knife. Carrying around a knife. For protection. <laughs> Why else are you carrying around a knife that's fucking big enough to go through your stomach? Like, if it was a, like a butter knife not doing anything, a steak knife, you go bank and be like, oh, that fucking stung a little bit. We've all cut ourselves with a steak knife. But to pierce a bag and your stomach and send you to hospital for life-saving surgery, Stevie J, he, I'm just putting it out there. He owes someone a lot of fucking money. Well, we can put this down mainly. Isn't he now a coach at the Swans? And he was the coach at the Giants? So, Well, I don't know if he's still coaching at the Swans because the only people... Uh, it says with stints at Sydney and the Giants. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if he's still there. The, the people from the uh, Yarrawonga Footy Club sent a uh, get well soon message. Yeah, but the message still remains. Like, he worked at the Giants, he worked at the Swans. Like, Yeah, I mean, he did. People have long memories. Like this is turf war. I'm I'm saying the Giants. Oh. The Giants are on his back, and he they, yeah, right. he he moved to the Swans, and they're yeah. like, going, "Hey, mate, this bloods and crips. Like you don't fuck yeah. around like that." Yeah. So I reckon he's actually carrying a piece to make sure. <laughs> yeah, right. He, you know he's after it. He's looking over you his shoulder. Coming, you know he's coming for. He it. reckons Phil Davis is coming down the road looking for it. Nah, mate. Forget Phil Davis, mate. The big mummy's after. <laughs> Stevie J went to bed one night. You know what? On, you know what was on his pillowcase? <laughs> a sausage. That's how they and do it. He's gone. Oh fuck, Dale! I got to start carrying a knife because one, it's the I horse's could get head murdered in the bed. Yeah, yeah. One, I could get murdered. Two, delicious sausage. I got to fucking eat it. Well, yeah. One, I could get murdered. Uh, two, I could uh, have a delicious sausage. Uh, three, I could have a really good fucking night <laughs> <laughs> with big money. <laughs> So he said this, right? So this is where the story kind of falls apart for me. A lot of coincidences in this Stevie J knife. So yep. he's had to open the bag because he's fucking useless. To, uh, open the gate because his useless daughter couldn't do it. He goes over, pushes the bag against the gate. It pierces his stomach. He says, it just went straight into me. And how about this, Junk Thomas? At the same time, it just so happened this couple was walking past out front mm. and one was a nurse. Oh, what are the fucking odds, Stevie J? Very convenient, I reckon. Okay, so the Giants have put out a hit. Mm. Stevie J is carrying a knife. Mm-hmm. The Giants go, we're going we're gonna to wash our hands of this stuff. Yep. As soon as, and it's an unlikely situation to happen, but if mm. the knife goes through Stevie J's stomach, we're mm. going to happen to pay a nurse and yep. a fake partner to mm-hmm. walk down the street at that time to, yep. to, to render care. And the first thing you think of when you've had a knife go through your bag from the gate, I've yelled out, quick, Aaron, jump in the car and take me to hospital. 
the knife has gone through my stomach. She knew what knife. She didn't say, what fucking knife, mate? What are you doing? Yep, yep. Why have you got a knife in your bag? Yep. They just, they both knew. Oh, fuck. The knife's backfired. This, uh, this all points very, very much into the, the heartland of Homebush and the Beanstalk. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're in deep. Well, I'm just worried. You know who I worry for? Andrew Dillon. They didn't mm-hmm. win... They didn't win the preliminary final loss by a point. All of a sudden, where's Gil McLaughlin? He's gone. He knew. He knew to get out. If they don't win the flag this year, fucking watch your back, Andrew Dillon. I I reckon. Yeah, I think I think this goes all the way to the top. Mm. Um, this is this is Watergate all over again, but Watergate where Stevie J pushes open a fence <laughs> and gets stabbed in the stomach. Ah, <laughs> uh, but we wish him well. He's fine. Oh, now, absolutely, though, right? he's absolutely. fine. He's fine. Right. Yes, uh, as far as we know, there hasn't really been a lot of uh, follow-up reports because uh, it's just better for him to shut his fucking mouth. Keep a low profile. Yeah, you don't want Big Mummy walking around. (laughs) No. Hey, uh, Lethers is gone at the Saints, mate. I don't think Ross Lyon's got enough power, Michael. Mm. I think he's got too many. There's still a president at that club. There's still like a CEO. There's still chief financial officers. Until they are gone and Roscoe is running the whole box and dice, it's not the St Kilda that we know and love. Uh, Tread very carefully if you're the social media person at St Kilda because Ross Lyon is going to get rid of you. Oh, mate, it is coming. He is like, you know, I want to know what happened to Lethers. Did he like fall from a hospital window? Yeah. Was he in prison, healthy one day, unhealthy the next? Sure, you know what I'm sure. Saying? Just having a, a, a little soup in a Russian uh, yeah. cafe and then all of a sudden fell very ill with a nuclear poison. I, I love it. I love it that Ross just comes in and just goes, um, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Um. He's taken over the whole joint. I think it's amazing. I'm waiting for him to just annex Moorabbin Airport yep. and go, well, it was the <laughs> part of the original site. Because <laughs> I didn't realise, actually, I actually had to look it up earlier. I, I, I'd forgotten that this year was his first year. And so it's just very sweetly kind of walking through. But I actually do wonder, because, I mean, we've talked to Nick Rewalt, talked to Kaczynski on the show, talked yeah. to Joey Montagna. Like they, they will literally run through a big brick wall for him. So there is a likeable version of Ross Lyon. It's just that the public doesn't get to see that very often. Yeah, I don't think many people get to see that very mm. often. Yeah. I, I think he's got his select few that he likes. And it, it's like if he's anointed you and you're in that crew and you do everything that he wants, mm. then, uh, you know, it's all fucking Team Ross and we're all fucking lovely and cuddly and fun. But if you say, oh, if he says, hey, I need uh, more, um, I don't know, I want another training session, they go, oh, Ross, it's in the um, the AFLPA's uh, bargain. Mm. You know, the players aren't allowed to do that. And then he just goes... Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No cool. Got it. No worries. Cool. Uh, and then, then all of a sudden, you're carrying a knife around in your bag. Yeah, and for sure. Going, you know what? I, I, even though I'm really well employed at a footy club and I'm earning lots of money, I've had to think about that. <laughs> and I reckon I just might step aside for a little while. You know, it's getting a lot. You know, I, I love my time here, and we got along really well, but. You know what, even though we got along really well and I'm on a great wage, I still think I might be unemployed for a while. For sure. I like the idea that Ross Lyon goes to a cafe that's adjoined to Moorabbin and he walks in and he says a coffee latte with one sugar. They put in two sugar. Oh, and man. then 
you think nothing of it, and Ross goes, oh, there are two sugars in here, and you go, oh, sorry, I, I meant to put one, and then that person goes back to their computer and finds that they're locked out, and there's someone with yep. a box with all of their belongings <laughs> to escort them out of the building immediately. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I like it when people kick heads. I like it. Yeah, when, okay. I like it when people kick heads within a within a, a a normal way. I don't like the ranting and the raving or like being a loony, but I like people standing up for their spot and just going, "No, do it my way, or fuck off." Yeah, we know you're a Vladimir Putin apologist. I get it, mate. That <laughs> you've always have been. You love a good dictator, and I hear you. Hey, fine, he's back. What great news for rabid, psychopathic <laughs> football fans. Like, seriously. Mark Fine on SCN, he's been away for about, what, five, seven years, do you think, maybe? That long? Yeah, I reckon it has been. It was Fine's Friday night. And so, the ma- for all the people who don't listen to SCN, the amazing thing about Fine's show is that he'd take over after the Friday night game. He'd do a bit of a debrief, maybe do a few interviews with players or the like. And then he would open the phone lines to... The drunkest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he would give voice. You know when, uh, I don't know if you've ever called a radio station junk timers, but a lot of times it'd be like, hey, thanks for your call. We've got too many callers. Yep. Uh, give us a call next week, right? That is them telling you to fuck off because you are insane or drunk. Yep. And on Finally's Final Siren, they're on air and they'll be like, oh, someone's calling. Let's not, uh, you know, do a little bit of a test. Let's not nah, have a look. Uh, nah, you know, have a listen. Nah, get rid of the beat button. Yep, it, straight uh, on you come. <laughs> What's your problem? And they go, fine. Like Viney, Viney, mate. If I can always get his name wrong. Yep, it, it was a, a, a precursor was Rex Hunt back in the day, probably the early two thousands or the nineties, when he would actually encourage people to call up for their talkback mm. segment after the game, yep. and during the fourth quarter he would say. Get lick it up. <laughs> and he said, call up and just make sure you have nothing to say. But that was that's fr- that was Finey's Friday night for uh, a few years. where Finey's final siren, yeah. yeah. And, and I've got to say that I think like everyone in the industry, because basically all the networks had finished their broadcast, so they would have done their three, two, ones, had their interviews, spoken everyone. So by the time they got to Finey, Everyone had knocked off. So I imagine everyone involved in football who was there at the game or, you know, has been listening to it a part of the broadcast is now driving home. And I reckon I reckon there would be a spike in listenership of people tuning in to go, what level of fuckwittery oh, yeah. are we going to get with Finey this week? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's great that he's back. Yeah, yeah. You're on the way home. Uh, you know, Triple M probably rolled over into kind of music and the like. And so you still want to talk football, particularly if you take, yes, if you take one. Yeah, or if your team got smashed, not many people, well, now they do, they kind of love it, but you didn't really have a really great outlet to absolutely unload on specific players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a, a, a guy I went to school with who played a couple of years at Richmond, and this back in the day where the typical talkback caller was calling up, it was Tim Fleming, who played a couple of years yep. at Richmond, and I, f- I felt really bad for him by the fact that the Richmond fans, they have a loss, they call up, do the traditional... Call, uh, talk back call where they go I've got a list of names <laughs> who should be delisted immediately and every single time it was like number one Tim Fleming yeah it would be tough tough to listen to footballers in real life Adam yeah hit me hey uh, you got one with Charlie Curnow yes I was at a cafe in North Fitzroy I think Charlie must live around the area 
uh, for any junk times you want to go and uh, do some Charlie Kerno spotting because my godson actually played basketball with him and Sam Walsh at Edinburgh Gardens. That's pretty cool. Yeah, one uh, one day last year. But I saw Charlie sitting in early one morning. He was sitting in a cafe, picnic cafe on St. George's Road, reading a book, if you don't mind. Charlie, very, uh, very learned. And uh, as I was walking out, I said to him, love your work, Charlie. And he nodded and said, thanks, ma'am. Did you uh, get a look at the book or...? No, I couldn't. It was it was down flat. He was probably embarrassed. The rat, it, but, the, um, the rat by John Platten. I'd say so. He would want to know, know all the uh, stuff that the rat got up to sure. and all the stories. But a- am I allowed to, as an adult, say love your work to another adult who's younger than me? Oof. I don't know. Approaching footballers in real life, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think. Oh, come on, man! Yeah, you're, you're the guy who has a fucking Cyril written on the back of his Hawthorne jumper. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, I mean, I actually went to the grand final dinner in 08 and I showed it to him. I said, "Hey, Cyril, I'm you." Yep. But I think, I think, I think, huh. or by himself, I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you didn't linger too. That's a good point as well. Oh, I stood outside the window and just watched him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, you also had a camera in your show. That's a weird thing. <laughs> I got a uh, Max Gaunt. Oh, where'd you see Gorney? So, just near the arts art gallery. Uh, uh-huh. The NGV. NGV. He was pushing a pram with his wife. Uh, oh, he got yeah. the new bub. Um, yep, yep. Uh, but kind of like about 7.30ish in the morning. You know? Yeah, okay. And he was telling Clayton Oliver to get out of the fucking water. Well, I think he maybe wanted to get out of the house for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't forget my comedy festival show coming out. Get your tickets. Try booking. We've got a football in real life from Jen. G'day, boys. I was on a recent trip down the peninsula to swim in the Portsea Classic. Huh. Mm. I'm doing very well for myself. And spotted Sam decoding in town with a group of mates. Not much use hiding at the back of the group when you're that tall. He was a head taller than the rest. Idiot. No real insights other than every time I see a football in real life, I feel older. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, no, that happens a lot. I mean, I think we talked about watching the draft last year, and I was like, I felt old not for the footballers, but the parents. Yes, yeah. I was like, no, the parents are getting younger. Yeah, and every time I've done, I've done like uh, little functions for Carlton, and you know, you're around young footballers, you're like, I don't know what to talk to you about. Yeah, sure, sure. I say slay a lot. I hope that works. Yeah, sure. You go sick. Yeah. Uh, you go neck minute. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> From Damien. Just remembered on New Year's Eve. I spotted Stephen May. Having a good time. But the Heaps Good Festival at Sydney My Music Bowl on the hill. It was pretty close to 11 p.m. Just as Flume uh, had got on stage when I spotted immediately to my right. He was with a group of three other blokes, much smaller and shorter. So maybe... Uh, some sort of posse. Some, uh, okay. So I imagine like maybe not footballers, if you know what I mean. Oh, like, okay. Yep, yeah. Okay. Like just, mates, just mates. Yeah. Mates he's hanging out with, yeah. Because even the smallest footballers are still 5'10", you know what I mean? Yes, that's true. I unfortunately don't have much else to add other than I look like he looked like he was behaving himself considered the off-field antics of the D, the D's had been up to recently. Yeah, he wasn't like chucking a mate into the, the wall at a French restaurant. Yes. Uh, I did manage to take a photo of Flume and Steve's head popped up in the bottom uh, of it as he was walking up the hill in front of me. Thank you, Damien. Flume, what are Flume seats? Uh, why would you ask me that? Yeah, good question. 
Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to make the I'm trying to make the choice now. Do I end the podcast with the uh, a Tay Tay song, or will that get us taken off if we taken down by the? Yeah, no, you won't be doing that because we will cop a <laughs> we'll cop a copyright thing. Why don't you sing us out to the break? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod, Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. You go Blues. Go Tay Tay. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.